All right. Well, listen, I'm excited to bring you our guest today. Uh, Robert is definitely somebody living the big ticket life. After being six figures in debt, he figures it out and retires at 32. 32. Think about that if you've got a 30-year-old in your basement. 32, financially free. Certainly what I call a big ticket move. And he's been doing life and business on his terms ever since. As my friend Brandon Brittingham would say, certainly stepping into that superpower. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, Jim. You know, I never thought of that perspective before and that you just put it in. You know, if you've got a 30-year-old listening, living in your basement, I'm like, dang, yeah, I never thought of it like that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I kind of circle back. You know, I write out a little bio. You know, believe it or not, folks, if you're watching, listening, when you pick this up, you know, people like Robert, myself, we do spend time thinking about a quality show for you to watch and listen to. And, uh, you know, so in the pre-show, I've talked with Robert about, hey, here's, you know, off of how we met, I've heard good things about you from other hosts. And, you know, here's, here's kind of the, the way we'll have our conversation, if you're all right with that. But I'm all going to throw a curveball. So here we go. And on that note of you figured it out, retire financially free at 32. Just this morning, I read, I love reading Reddit. And, and various subreddits on different niches that gather my interest because it's a great market research tool. It's a great like dig into people's mind tool. And I'm reading on the personal finance subreddit uh, about a 30-year-old who is bemoaning life and all of the things that have seemingly, from his perspective or her perspective, I couldn't really tell, from their perspective, have been forced upon them. In other words, people chose that, but this person doesn't see it that they have the choice to go against those circumstances, as they called. Right. So with that said, I think I just scratched your itch. How do, how do people get around that? <laughs> well, look, here, here, here's the way I look at it, Jeff. In life, stuff happens, and you have no control of what's happening to you in a lot of ways. But what you do have control always, always have control of is how you react or respond to it. And that's the big difference right there. So as an example, and I use, it's a formula that I was taught years ago that I use in my mind all the time. E plus R equals O. Because it's not the event that's going to equal the outcome. It's the event plus how you respond or react that's going to equal the outcome. So something like that coming at me, I could sit there and go into victim mode, or I can sit there and turn around and use two very, very powerful words that I use all the time in my life, which are what's next. And the moment you go into victim role is the world's happening to you. But the moment you say what's next, how will I respond? How can I utilize this? How can I take this to the next level? You put yourself back into the power of actually having guidance in your life, no matter what's going on. And the example of use of that is March 10th, 2020. I'm on a flight back from India. I just finished an amazing three-day training. The 16 hours I'm in the air, the world changed. Also, I get put into lockdown because I've been in another country. Also, all my live events around the world are being canceled. All of a sudden, seven figures of events are gone because we don't know how long this thing's going to happen. And for the first two weeks, I did play that victim role. What is this thing? What's it going to do? How's it going to work? But then my wife and I, we realized what we were doing ourselves and we said, okay, what's next? And what we decided to do is 
I went from 200,000 miles a year of flying around the world a year to zero. And we said, well, we can either play these victims or we um, we bought that beautiful property we have a few years ago with the intention of eventually building a training studio on it so my students can come to me. We said, why don't we do it right now? Why don't we build it now instead of waiting four or five more years down the road? Love it. And, Love and it. of course, our mind goes, yeah, but what if, what if, what if, what if? And all these scenarios come in. So two more very powerful words that we then use is called all in. Because again, either you sit back and play the what if game and the plan Bs, and if it doesn't work, I'll do this. Or you say, you know what, I'm all in. And it took us almost a year and a half. But now I'm sitting in my office on the other side of my wall is a 1,500 square foot training center that as we completed it, we are still going to another phase of lockdown. So I couldn't bring people in. So I said, what next? We turned it into a super Zoom room. So I've now got video walls. I've got multiple cameras where I can green screen or I can have settings and I can actually still do my live trainings because I choose how I respond. That's kind of the way I look at it. No, I mean, yeah, I love, I love the the response to what's next. I would love the respond to the what ifs. I was going to chime in, but I just let you go because I, you know, it's always nice to let people finish their thoughts, but you know, you, you touched on, well, what if, what if, what if, and the reality of that time in life. And really it, we don't have to always focus back on March of 2020, right? There there's what ifs that happen in your day right now, this morning, this afternoon, tomorrow, they build. And if you just let them build up, it becomes this stack of consequences that seems like a mountain <laughs> yeah. that you can't climb. Yeah, and absolutely. I, mean, I love how you respond. By the way, super Zoomer, man, you need to trademark that. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to take a look at that. I even have a trademark attorney, one of my former students. That's all he does. He, he has a great company that does trademarks. And because I did a clue emoji, a picture of me with my own emoji, and I called it clue emoji, the company that has all those trademarks came right at us with all their lawyers, but his clients, he says, Hey, I don't take you on unless and tell you we're going to trademark unless we know we can win it and we'll battle if something comes up. Took us two years, but we got the trademark. So I think I like Good that. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Hey, just as a little tactical side note, um, if in your business, if you're not actively looking to create and cement and then protect your ideas and your thoughts yeah. and your intellectual property. First of all, you leave yourself susceptible as, as you know, Robert, you just said, but more importantly, um, let's, you know, moving, shifting back into like big ticket things, a big ticket move is having IP, having assets that are yes. sellable things that yeah. attract. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a great example of that, <clears throat> Jeff, is this is right now I'm in the process of, taking my 20 years of IP and I am bringing it over to a partner company where they've designed a business app that gamifies learning business strategies through virtual games, through fantasy gameplay. So it brings real world to fantasy and then fantasy back in the real world. And as I'm bringing my IP, because I have IP to bring in, because I've done what you just said, I've protected it, I've developed it, I've designed it. And so now I'm um, because of that, I'm being brought onto the board of directors. I'm playing in this bigger game with a legacy goal of we want to sell this off in the next few yep. years as our generational legacy. You know, and so if I hadn't been protecting that, my IP, you're right, I wouldn't even be in the position to be able to say, hey, I want in the game. 
And because they came hunting me down going, we need you in this game. Here's what we're doing. And I love the vision. So because I've protected it, we're able to now make that decision. So I love that you brought that up because it's critical yeah. as you're, you're designing. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And, and, you know, it is a tactical thing, but from a high level, you know, you know, my thing, the way I look to help people in this world is move them into that investor seat in their business where they're not the chief everything officer, <laughs> as I like to call it, or Chivo, as I've marked it. Um, you know, it needs to be something you consistently and constantly think about because it, it's, it's a difference of getting assets and goodwill to getting multiples to many multiples. It is yes. literally the difference of where you can take, uh, take your business. But let's take a couple steps back. So <clears throat> how in the world does somebody get 150 grand in debt from selling pizza? <laughs> Tell me that story. Well, you know, uh, growing up, the youngest of four and in a family definitely below the, the doing okay line, uh, my parents taught me that no matter what you do, your number one responsibility is to take care of your family. And so find the job that's going to pay you the most and give you the most security. And that's what you do, even if you hate the job. But as you know, Jeff, yo, there's no such thing as security. It doesn't matter how big of a company, you're just another number. And at the age of 21, when I'm being laid off from the third company, I'm a newlywed and I'm going, what's going on? I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. And all of a sudden, I lose my third job because they're shutting the factory down I'm working in. I, the only thing I can find for a job while I'm looking for that real job is I start delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And because of my work ethic, all of a sudden, after a few months, I become a manager of a store. My wife becomes my assistant, and we start doing what we're programmed to do. We start working hard. We actually start working open to close seven days a week. A year and a half in, all of a sudden, I get That's that. Rough. Well, we, we were working together, so it was good. It worked for us. And we just, we had dreams, things we wanted to go for. But also imagine the shock when my franchisee walks in the door one day and says, I'm letting you know that um, I've decided to sell my two stores and get out of Domino's Pizza. I instantly went into fear mode because I'm thinking, here we go again. But now it's me and my wife about to lose her jobs because we know the new owners will come in. First thing they do is let go of the management because they want to bring their own team in. And so right. my response is, we've got to find the other franchisees here in cities, start talking to them, find out who needs a new manager. And management team and my wife, you know, let me vent because I'm frustrated. She's let me vent. You know, I vent for a bit. She goes, are you done? I'm like, what do you mean am I done? She goes, okay, you're not done. Keep going. <laughs> right? So I keep going. Wives have a good I, way of bringing that out. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and I get done and I, and she goes, so are you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. She goes, first of all, wrong answer. I'm like, what do you mean wrong answer? She goes, we're not going to the other franchisees. We're qualified to be fran franchisees. Why don't we just buy the store? And I looked at her like she was off a rocker. And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy right. the store. Like, hello. Right. My wife's youngest of five, raised by a single mother, was taught you figure out a way. So we started diving in. How do we buy a business or a store if we don't have money? And we made a lot of mistakes. We you know, started saying the wrong thing to the wrong people, got shut down, cost us money, shut down. But every time something went wrong, we learned from it. And we, it took about four to five months until we had the vocabulary. We knew what to say, what not to say. As an example, one of the biggest mistakes we made, we were telling people we were going to buy the company. And instantly they go, oh, no, no, no. We didn't know what the problem was until we asked. And the person said, 
if you're buying the company, you're buying all his liabilities. I want to hear that Ooh. you're opening your own corporation and buying the assets of that company. So it yep. starts off clean. Bing, 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 bing. So we change our vocabulary. We end up getting enough um, confidence and knowledge that we finally had the confidence to go to our own bank and talk to them. They didn't give us the financing for the store. They actually gave us 100% financing for both the stores that my franchisee had for sale. And all of a sudden, it was like 23 years old. We're like franchisees. It's like, oh, we're successful. Yeah, you're thinking the world's about to change. Yes. We knew how to run a Domino's pizza, but we didn't know how to run a business. And I know you know that there's a big difference there, right, Jeff? Well, that's the, I mean, that's the exact definition of a Chivo, of a chief everything officer. You know, you end up, you end up owning a business. Uh, It feels good. You know, you get to kind of puff the chest out and say to friends, I'm unemployable because I own a business. (laughs) But really, I even even bought a shirt that said I'm unemployable. Oh, really? I did. But, you know, I mean, the reality, and, and I'll let you pick up on the story is you've got, you know, really the most stressful, high paying, most ingrained, intertwined, connected job. Yes. Because, you, you know, you're working first, you're getting paid last, and you're watching a lot of money flow through your fingers, wondering what oh, yeah. the hell happened. Yeah. And that's exactly it. In our best year, we made a 12% profit between our two stores and we meet $60,000 between the two of us. And so, mm. yo, we, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Looking back now, I'm like, what do I, am I thinking? I make that now in a weekend. <laughs> like, yep. but, but it was a great learning curve. I'd never replace it. And as we started to figure things out and we started doing better, all of a sudden we are, are kind of ingrained. Oh, we've got money. What do you do? Oh, we got to keep up with the Joneses. And the reason we got $150,000 in personal debt is because we started spending, spending, spending. And we had all the toys. You know, there's, we're, there's two of us. Successful people have two vehicles. So we bought two vehicles. Um, yep. Hey, our one store is in a resort community. It has a lake. So we bought a boat. Because what do you do? You buy a boat. Now our busy season was boating season. So we were always in the store. So the boat sat nicely sitting in our driveway looking good with all the expenses. But hey, we had a boat. And eight years into being franchisees, that's where we're like, we're over $150,000 in debt, personally, stressed out beyond belief and not doing yep. well. That's how yeah. we got into debt. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the keeping up with the Jones is certainly cliched, uh, but a, a tried and true thing that just seems to happen again and again and again. <laughs> yep. And Unfortunately, it, it's it's almost like this this problem is is hockey sticking, and it's like hockey sticks on top of hockey sticks today with social media, right? Oh, like like yeah. as an example, uh, I'll leave the person nameless, but I know for a fact because I had a discovery session with this person. Uh, I know for a fact they are unable to make, you know, financial obligations, but yet. This week, there's a lot of applause and praise because Facebook switched the profile from a personal, like, you know, I, what I guess what I have on my page to a public profile page. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Fantastic. All of that yep. and the money you don't have ain't going to pay your bills. That's and, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it is. It's, it's that instant gratification versus, you know, okay, what? And then this was the change in our life was when we 
were entered into personal development for the first time and we realized why we were in debt. But more importantly, we learned to take responsibility for the debt. Because Jeff, I'll tell you, I was one of these people that was so good at blaming others. You know, again, that mm-hmm. responding to what happens, it was like they lost my investment because they were my investor or because of them, I did this and I lost money. I was good at blaming people. So when we were taught to take ownership of it and then the specific steps, if we want to get out of debt, what to do, that changed our life right there is because we went from the short-term thinking of instant gratification. What do I want now? I want this toy. I want that toy. Even though we didn't need it we because we wanted it, we'd buy it. To learning at, okay, what is it that we don't need right now? Sure, we want it, but we don't need it. That if I think a little longer term, I can get rid of a lot of the expenses you know, so I can create that financial freedom. Yep. And that switch in mindset allowed us to be able to go from that $150,000 in debt to actually retiring nine months later at the age of 32 after a three-day trading that changed our lives. And it was like, that worked. And that put me on the path I'm on today because I keep reminding myself, is it short-term or is this long-term? Is it an ego want or is it a true want? Mm. And that's, that's the big difference right there. You know, like, yeah, I wanted a boat, but I couldn't use it as much as I wanted to. It sat there, had a lot of expenses. And so the decision we made to sell the boat, today I could buy pretty much any boat I want, but looking at it now, I go, huh, for how much I use a boat, it's actually cheaper to rent a brand new boat, the style I need for the day or weekend, than it is to buy and maintain a boat. So that's how the mindset shifts have been able to impact, you know, the way things have gone for me in life in these last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you touched on it. So we we shared the story of how we got into trouble and you touched on it briefly. That change was personal development. Huge. Right? Yeah. So was it a person, uh, you know, this goes back uh, uh, a number of years. So was it a cassette tape, a book, uh, maybe a <laughs> seminar? What, what was the change agent moment for you? <laughs> You're trying to date me, Jeff. I Because... How many people remember? Well, I tried to be diplomatic is. there for a second, right? But I'm, I'm about as diplomatic as a sledgehammer at times. Well, so. and you consider if I retired at 32 and I've been training for 20 years, I think people can kind of figure out my age anyway. So it's all good. Yep. Uh, and it, I chuckled because I remember my brother-in-law coming to me the one time and he's got this box. He goes, I just got these 24 cassette tapes of this guy called Tony Robbins. You got to listen to this. And yep. in my eagle mind, because we're young, we're successful at the moment, I'm like, I don't need that stuff. I don't need to listen. But under the stress, yeah, we were introduced to a three-day training um, by my now one of my greatest mentors, T. Harbecker, and his book, Secrets mm. of the Millionaire Mind. Yep. We went to his three-day training. That's what was the catalyst that changed your life. And when we saw the change it had, that's where um, the moment my wife and I retired for the first time, we said... If this little information gave us this much result in our life, what would more introspection, what would more work on ourselves do? And we actually spent two and a half years being students in as many seminars from as many people as we could. Because one of the big things I believe in as well, Jeff, is that don't just learn one way. Don't just learn from one person. Get and learn from as many masters as you can, because even if you only take one nugget of gold away from them, it's worthwhile. And as we were doing that, that's where I found my passion that I wanted to teach. And my dream started like this. And this is what I want your listeners to really get. My dream didn't start off, I want to impact millions of lives around the world. My dream started that if I could even help one person, 
one person do what my wife and I had done, go from um, deep in debt to financially free, it would make it all worthwhile. And because of that decision and my willingness to do what the work, and I know we're going to talk about this, you know, what it takes to actually create success. All of a sudden, I became TR Vector's very first protege, the first person he ever had trained any of his courses other than himself. He, Canadian oh, wow. like myself, yeah, Canadian like myself, and he'd only been in Alberta and BC at the time, started going to the US. The moment I broke the mold, 2004, June of 2004, I had 1,200 students in California. First time ever training, gives three-day training without him being around. Broke the mold. Next thing you know, the next four and a half years, I go on to not only do over 200 multi-day trainings around North America, and then including starting going to the um, Europe and, or sorry, Asia, but I was also training trainers how to do it as well. And all of a sudden, I was now training some of the top trainers and sharing the stage with some of the top people in the world. And I went full force on it, and we showed that other people could teach it. And because I was teaching it constantly, it kept ingraining it in me, which kept elevating my life. So that was kind of the catalyst that jumped me from where I was to where I am. <clears throat> and as of today, I've now personally taught over half a million people around the world in live trainings, anywhere from um, three to five days long, anywhere from 100 people at a time to 6,000 people at a time, where I'm wow. on stage up to 12 hours a day. And I've done over $100 million in sales from the stage in that time as well. Fantastic. And it started with one, if I can help one person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, utterly fantastic. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned it and I'm not sure that people pick it up, but I'm going to let, let's dig into it. So you were T.R.F. Eckert's, um, first protege, first person to go train his concepts, his theories without him being present. That's a big deal. Um, it's a big deal because a lot of times in the coaching business, Robert, is the brand. Jeff is the brand. Uh, I, you know, I look at some of my early marketing mentors, Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer, you know, mm -hmm. they were, um, they were the brand and yeah. Bill, Bill did a very good job of, um, building it up beyond what Dan wanted in his personal, you know, for his personal ethos of business operation. Um, and, uh, and then Bill sells it and the companies that bought it, well, first and foremost, they didn't even really realize what they bought. What they thought they bought was a publishing company. What they really bought was a personality-driven business. And they immediately got rid of Bill in a two-horse show. They shot one of the horses, basically. And it was a terrible thing. So what you just touched on about taking somebody's a thought leader, taking their principles and going out and teaching it, A, speaks to the principles. It speaks to the leader and it speaks to you to be able to convey it with confidence and give people that result. I mean, again, right. a little more, a little more of a tactical thing, but I think it begs some discussion because as people are looking to impact change and build something, and I'm, I'm like that visionary, man, I love building things. And, but I, I've in the last handful of years really focused on building them for beyond me. Yeah. Now, maybe that's beyond me daily, or maybe it's beyond me entirely. I don't know, but it's not me every day, which is back to the everything officer thought. Um, yeah. So I love that. So, like that first weekend, was that scary? Was were, what, what was running through your mind? 
That that first time <laughs> out on your own without your mentor and your, you know, as the wind oh. in your sails, so to say. What was that like? Well, dude, right now I got I got uh, goosebumps. You know, because for the previous two years, I had actually been working, volunteering, learned every part of logistics. Um, as I became a trainer, my wife became an event supervisor. She was the one running the scenes behind. And so I knew I was being taken care of. And I knew I had the space to do what I needed to do beyond stage. And so because I was surrounded by phenomenal people, and again, I put in the work, relentless preparation. And even, you know, every break, every second I had back in my notes, back in my notes, studying, preparing. So because I put it in the work, I, it was, I knew that, okay, everything isn't going to go perfect, but I'm going to be present with my audience. I'm going to make adjustments as we need to. And because I knew the systems, I knew the information, I had practiced, practiced, practiced. It was phenomenal. And the team behind me was just so phenomenal. Um, you know, the, the CFO of the company. Because a lifetime childhood Ooh. friend of T. Harbeckers, because Har wasn't going to be there. He said, Jeff, I want you to be there. <laughs> I want you to be there just to observe. And so he was there for the training. And before I started the training, he said, Robert, I want to give you something. I said, what's that? And he said, um, the, the staff and I at the office, we went together and we wanted to get you something as a good luck token and a way of just acknowledging what you've done. And it was a, a silver 50 cent piece, a Canadian silver 50 cent piece. And they said, we want you to have this as a, just as a reminder of what you're adding, the value you're adding to people. Today, I still have that right here in my briefcase. It goes to every training yep. I have. It's with me oh, 20 nice. years later. And at the end of the event, because one of the th- stories I'd share on stage, I talk about, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool to walk into Domino's Pizza, you know, buy a Big Mac, sit down at a table and pull out a bottle of Dom Perignon just to, you know, add kind of excitement to your life. Well, at the end of the event, the staff, the team that was there went together and they bought me a bottle of Dom Perignon. And I have that sitting down in my wine cellar because there's going to be a special day. I'm, I'm going to know when the day is and it, we're going to pop that puppy. And, you know, so nice. having that kind of amazing team around me made all the difference in the world. It by yep. no means was just me. And I want people to understand that because that's something when I, because I've now been blessed to train thousands and thousands of trainers around the world. One of my number one goals is I tell them or um, rules is I say, I don't care how great you are. If you don't have an amazing team supporting you, you'll yep. only ever be at the most 50% as effective as you can. And so Ooh. many people go into their egos and it's like, no, it's all about me. Yeah. And go, so, go with that. <laughs> and so that's the symbolism. I, I love it. That's the symbolism of the 50 cent piece, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I mean, yep. anecdotally, well, not anecdotally, it's a real story, Jeff. I mean, <laughs> I just, I'm just answering my own statement to myself. So I'm, I'm building this thing, Signer 57. We don't have to spend a lot of time on what it is. It's just something I'm building, right? Visionary builds things. And, you know, it's a clothing brand. It's a lifestyle brand. And, you know, I know it, it's something very cool. I know, I know, I know I can see where we will have momentum. And mm-hmm. it's we, it's not me. That's because right. I know where my constraints are. And I was fortunate to have somebody who uh, is a business connection, business friend. They did some website work for me. He got wind of what I'm doing with it. And he's like, I'm all over this. I love it. And his technical skills on the, in the digital space are a big void for me. And it's that we aspect. And you, you touched on it. Like a lot of people... So how... You know, from, yeah, there's, there's, by the way, 
he's been he's been working hard pushing the levers and bells on this one because I, <laughs> yep. I'm jazzed up on this episode. Uh, Chris Stone from castahead.net, fantastic partner for me. Again, we, not me, uh, fantastic partner. Um, if you're into anything podcasting or live streaming like this and you need a resource, he is definitely somebody to check out. And his contact info is in the show notes where you're watching or listening. But, um, but uh, you know, I, a lot of people, their ego would stand in the way of that casual reach out that yep. I had from my friend Matthew. And it was, here's a thought. And a lot of people's ego just dismisses that. Why yep. is that? Well, because it's, think about how we're raised and taught in school. Figure it out on your own. Don't dare copy Ooh. someone else. That's cheating. Don't ask for help. That's cheating. So you wonder mm. why after 18, 19, 20 years of this being drummed in your head, you come to the real world. And even if something great's presented to you, you go, no, I, I can't, I can't get that out because I'd be cheating. I don't want to be a cheater. And it's so ingrained deeply. You don't even realize this is going on in your mindset. And so one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is go, you know what? I'm going to dumb it down. I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I'm just me. And there's things I'm good at and there's things I'm not. And so yep. then part, be willing to be open to partnering. Oh, but Robert, if I partner with someone, I get less. Yeah, I would rather take less <laughs> of a lot than 100% of freaking nothing. You know, so, right. and, and, and that's it. Like I've got an amazing partner now where, you know, for 18 years, I've been doing, you know, contracting out and doing hard work. The pandemic changed that. So now I'm working on my stuff. And a gentleman I've trained with for 15 years around the world, impacting lives, the two of us just naturally came together and said, how can we keep being of service to people? And now we're actually helping people create. And we're having a blast, like two little kids in a candy store. And we're bringing on clients for six and seven or for five and six figures, creating content for them, for them to sell. And we're the ones showing them how to do it and just having a blast going, can we have this much fun and make this much money? And he's got brilliance I don't have. I've got brilliance he doesn't have. And so we have made that perfect pairing. And my wife had asked me, and it's funny, his wife had asked him the same question when we first decided to partner up. Why are you guys partnering with each other? Why don't you just create it on your own? And I said, because on my own, I could create something awesome. No problem. Yeah. But yeah. together, it's phenomenal. Because yeah. our brain cells start firing together and it, what you create. So quit trying to do it on your own. Go out and find the partnerships. Go out yeah. and create it. Not thinking that it's always going to be easy. You're always going to have great partnerships. That's life. But if you don't try, you're not going to know what works, what doesn't work. You're going to just keep banging your head against the wall doing it on your own. And, and that's only going to keep you playing small when you don't know how big you can play and what the universe is waiting for you to show up as. And, and so you, you, know, you deserve to be able to shine your brightness. And I love that yep. you have the Phoenix. That's why I'm wearing my favorite shirt, my Phoenix shirt, because when you ride out oh, nice. of the fire, man, whew, that's, that's yep. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, the, uh, the partnering, you, you mentioned it a few minutes back about your first weekend um, on your own and the CFO was there. Again, a, a touch-on moment, but we'll dig in deeper about the team. And, and a lot of great companies have those teams. Um, you know, I, I've seen time and again, people look at the big dog in their, in their niche and they're like, oh, I'm going to be like that guy. And... <laughs> Then you ask the questions and you say, well, are you willing to have a team around you, a CFO, a COO, a chief marketing officer? And if you can't, you know, listen, if you can't afford an office with, with seven C-suites, that's fine. 
there's a thing, there's, there's a whole other way to work. There's, there's yep. virtual assistants. I'm actually bringing them on. You might see me making some notes as we go through our show. What I realized to continue to promote my show is I can't just drop a one-hour recording on the world and expect them to watch and listen. What an egotistical thing. I mean, even like really like, you know, like, I don't know, does Tony Robbins get millions and millions and millions of people to, to watch one hour of content at a time? Probably not. Right. It's just not the way we work anymore. So we got to kind of microdose, right? We got to drop these nuggets in. We got to, we got to catch people with moments that grab them. So while I don't have a, a chief uh, officer of digital remarketing of content, I don't know if that's even a title, but it's what I need. And so yep. next week, my VA comes on board to slice and dice those things out. And uh, we'll be able to push out more of what we do here and get more from the effort and scale the effort. Oh, and my VA has been and, a lifesaver to me. Lifesaver. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with it. And that's, that's it. And that's, those are the keys. And, and you know, I'm going to kind of put it to this. One of the biggest questions I get people from the stage when I'm on, they'll go, well, Robert, I love what you do. How do I do what you do? And I look at them mm. in the face and I say, if you want to do what I do, you've got to be willing to do what I do, which means the unsexy, monotonous as hell behind the scenes work <laughs> to be ready to be on yep. stage, the willingness to work on myself, to realize that I've still got a lot of work to do on me, and the willingness to say, there's things I'm terrible at. Who can help me? And being willing to be vulnerable enough to ask for that help and then accept yep. that help and be willing to pay for that help. It doesn't always have to be pay this way. It could be an exchange for value. It could be in a partnership. It could be so many creative ways to do it. But that's what it takes to get to the stage of doing what I get to do. And it's not like even I've got a um, next weekend on the July long weekend. I'm going to be hosting a live virtual event, first time doing this event virtually, and I'm going to have thousands of people on the line watching throughout the weekend as I do this training. And do you think I'm going to be able to do that on my own? Hell no. I'm going to have a team in Asia that's going to be logged into all my laptops in my super Zoom room that are going to be able to um, do that remotely so I can have 50 or sorry, 49 for Zoom. 49 different people on each of my screens so I can see hundreds of my students. If I was trying to do that all on my own, there's no way I could teach at the same time. I'd be going, oh, wait a second, I gotta go over here. Oh, oh, hi, I'm back. Oh, wait a second, I gotta go over here. So you gotta be open and do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we go, I'm gonna butcher it, but I believe it's an African proverb. If you wanna go alone, um, you won't go very far. If you want to go far, you go together. I just butchered it, but I think it, you get the point, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, um, speaking of, you know, foundational proverbs. So in this, in the self-development, personal development space, you know, there's, there's, a, there's you know, it, it's a business that if somebody decides they want to be in the business, they can declare it. And today, yep. technology and devices, it's easy to do. Uh, and I don't, I'm not here. Maybe, maybe somebody has the gift and they just need to uncover it. I want to get into that a little bit, but first, so we've all got gifts to give. And I think in the personal development space, as best I can tell, um, and I've done casual research, not as much as I would maybe like to, but it's also not 
I don't consider myself a personal development coach. So it's not something I dedicate time to as far as researching this. But I look at Maxwell Maltz, author of Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay. Right? And I look at that as like the, the foundational bedrock piece of work on personal development. I think if you look at everybody that's come since when he's, you know, 30s and 40s guy, uh, if you look since, um, a lot of it could be boiled down to malts. And one of his famous things is we came into this world to succeed, not to fail. And his gift was to codify complex ideas very simply. Yeah. So why do people, and I'll throw the question to you, why, why do people have such a hard time with that? Why are, they, <laughs> why are they feeling like they have to fail or don't have a choice but to fail instead of, I mean, if you really think it from a biological, physical aspect, you've got like a one in seven trillion chance of becoming a human being on this earth. So there's yep. a lot of predetermination yep. for yep. you to be here, a living, breathing being to succeed. I'll let you pick that up. Well, and it, it, again, it comes to that program and what we've been hearing and seeing and experiencing as we've been growing up. And uh, from traveling all around the world, all the different cultures, all the different upbringings, all the different religions, all the different beliefs, all of that combined, there's one common denominator I've seen that holds people back all over the world. And that common den denominator is um, low self-esteem, lack of mm. self-belief. And it's because it's been so ingrained in us and, and you know, even I, I, as we're talking, I'm looking over the shoulder, the book on this side, and it's uh, Bill Bartman. It, it, the guy was known as an unknown billionaire. And this man was amazing, and he delivered a ton of value. And why? Because growing up as a kid, he had such low self-esteem that he was bullied all the time, and he, he had his choice. He could have shut down, or he could say, I'm going to make a change. And so we get this conditioning coming up, and then in our, when we get older, we get overwhelmed because we're so caught up in our thoughts of, okay, well, I do have a dream. And that those what-if scenarios come in. What if it doesn't happen the way I thought it would? What if it takes longer? What if I don't, it doesn't succeed? And so we actually self-sabotage and get overwhelmed. Or we go so far into the future of, well, this has happened to me and that has happened to me. And we go into the victim role. Because of this, I wasn't able to do that. Or last time I tried it, I failed. So what makes me think I'm going to be able to do it this time? So we get caught up in either the so far in the future or so far in the past. No wonder we doubt. No wonder we sabotage. No wonder we struggle. Mm. And so what I tell people is the biggest thing you can do for yourself. Take that deep breath in. Come back to present and ask yourself a simple question. What is one step? One step I can take in the direction I want to go. And if you want to yep. really kind of have fun with this, Jeff, here's a cool thing. I like to mess with my mind. I don't know if you do like messing with your mind, but I love messing with my mind. And I will sit there and I'll make it, I'll keep setting my one step simpler and simpler and simpler until my mind goes, oh, that's too easy. It can't work. It's not going to happen because now I know I'm Ooh. on the right track. The moment my yep. mind tries to tell me not to do it because it's too easy, I know I'm scaring my mind that I'm about to change. And so what I tell people, because you're creating a habit, make it so simple that in the beginning, your mind is saying it can't be that easy because that's been one of the biggest blockers. You know, when I wrote my book and I, I, one of the things I tell people is I could have wrote the book with all the science, all the quantum physics behind it and it would have been a thousand pages and you probably wouldn't have read more than five. 
but I right. broke it down into six simple steps, a much easier read, a funner read, a workbook. And I tell people, don't let the simplicity fool you. Because I know that people start reading it, their mind's going to go, it can't be this easy. And they'll use that as a reason to shut down. And so keep it simple is the way to have the success. The failure comes from overcomplicating it or having the fear that it's not going to work. Simple one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely subscribe to that same belief. For me, I kind of phrase it in my mind at least 1% better today in each thing I'm involved in and it compounds, right? Yep. Um, yep. It just continues to build. You know, you've touched on doing the work. It's, it is the unsexy. Uh, it's not <laughs> the glamorous. You certainly get no shares, no heart emojis. You know, you don't get any of that, right? Facebook doesn't come and change your profiles over, uh, you know, for you. You know, you don't, <laughs> Well, you do get the blue check if you actually do the work. You know, I'm, I'm involved in a, a business uh, networking mastermind called Apex. Um, and inside of that is a kind of a self-led course called Building Your Machine. It's all around doing the work. And it's interesting because you have, you have people who are on, you know, they are successful. No, you can't argue that. They are 100% successful. They can write the check. They've got the family. They've got the boats. And it's not all on payments, right? Yep. But then they ask the question, well, how'd you get that blue check? And then you ask, well, it's inside of building your machine. How long have you been around this, this world? Mm -hmm. yep. And it's two years or three years or nine months. And the reality is the program is about, it's, a, it's like a six month program. So in that regard, they chose not to do the work. Yep. Right. And this, this unsexy stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, one of, one of my biggest things that you said, messing with your mind, one of my biggest things is I overcomplicate things to where it becomes that mountain that sucks to climb and I just don't like it. And, yep. you know, it becomes a problem. And I've just decided, you know what? It's, it's not as hard of a project as you've made it out to be in your mind. <laughs> Are you and I right? related? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you've dealt with that. Sounds like you work with people on that. Yep. And that's the reason I'm able to help them is because I've gone through it myself and I continue to go through it myself. I, I am a world-class procrastinator. You, you probably haven't been a procrastinator that is as gold medal standard as I am. And I used to battle that. I used to fight it. I used to beat myself up over it until I realized, you know what? It's part of who I am. So I can either fight it or I can work with it. And that's why, yep. you know, one of my quotes I designed is, I designed my day in such a way that procrastination cannot play. And what that means is I haven't had to work for money for 20 years now. So why do I, um, if I don't have to get up in the morning, I'll sleep in. I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm a good procrastinator. So that's why on purpose, what will I do? I will actually book my trainings, my podcast interviews, my coaching calls all first thing in the morning because the moment I commit to someone else, I'm up. And once I'm up, I'm good for the day. Yep. So instead of beating myself up over it, I utilize it to work in my favor. And that's one of the differences. That's why doing that work behind the scenes on yourself is so important. Understand who you are. Understand your goods, your bads, your uglies. You know, my three R's in my name, Robert Raymond Riopelle, you see it on the screen there. It also stands Ooh. for real, relevant, and repeatable. I'm not going to teach like you and 
Yeah, I'm not going to teach you and give you, well, here's the fluff of being successful. I'm going to tell you what it really takes because I'm not doing you a service if I don't. And that's the big thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you talk about, you know, digging into your mind, like kind of peeling it open like a sardine can, scooping some stuff out, throwing it (laughs) on the desk, looking at it, right? I've come to realize, like, I love being rogue. I love working without a net. It's what yep. like gets my adrenaline pumping. But I, I also realized one day the world doesn't like unpredictable. Now, I think you can be a, a visionary, a high flyer, a high achiever, but I'll, I'll give you a mental example, a visual example of how the world doesn't like unpredictable. You're sitting at a traffic light. You need to turn left, but the person across the light who is either going straight or turning right is waving you on. <laughs> yep. That's an example of, of unpredictable. The safest thing in driving is if everybody is predictable. Yep. Everybody, totally. everybody follows the rules, right? Because that's what keeps us all safe and, and gets us home to our families and our loved ones. So if I take that example through to what we're talking about, if we can predictably manage ourselves, as you said, the good, the bad, the ugly, and understand what those are, the rules of the road of ourselves, so to say. Yes. Yeah. Right? I think I think we become a, a well, I don't think, I know. If we can understand the rules of our own road, what's in our own head, we become a better person and we and we achieve our goal and we get to our goal far easier, far faster. Um that's totally agree. That's what I, I think. Take build on what you said. Yeah, and, and I, I totally agree with you. And and that's why the working on yourself, it starts with you before you work on anybody else. You have to really, and, and it takes courage. Look, let's be clear on that. And you know this, Jeff. It takes courage to be willing to look at yourself and say, what is it that works for me? But more importantly, what is it that's not working for me? And once you identify, and this is, you do this without attachment, without um, chastising yourself, without beating yourself up, without judgment. You just say, what doesn't work? And I invite you to sit down and just write a list. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. And then from that, you turn around, you say, okay, so understanding that, what can I do different? Well, this, a partner can help me. This, a virtual assistant can help me with. I hate doing this. So yeah, definitely have someone else doing it because it sabotages me every time I think I have to do it. And so it's giving you that willingness to then, then take that next step, take that next step. And that's again, why having yourself surrounded by amazing people is so, so, so important. And look, uh, my wife even sent me something yesterday on Facebook. She forwarded me a messenger and that changed a, it gave me a, um, a paradigm shift in my perspective because we always talk about surround yourself with the five people, you know, and, and most people the, who you're surrounding yourself, they're at your level yeah. or lower and that's why you're not going any higher. And that's kind of how I've lived is like, who do I want to surround myself to keep going up? And this person came up and, and, and I got to look back at the video because I want to give credit where credit is due. He said, but think 33. He says, if you're only surrounding yourself with people greater than you, then that's not going to work long term. He says, you want to have 33% of the people around you, people that aren't as you know well off as you are, so you can assist them. You can help mm. from your perspective, bring them yep. up. You want to surround yourself with 33% of the people that are at your level, so you can be able to keep enjoying life, interacting with people that know where you're at, having fun, all that. And then 33% of the people are people that you aspire to get to so that you have the drive of what you want to go for. 
I had watched this and it was a TikTok and it was 30 seconds long. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, <laughs> holy shit, am I going to do stuff with that? Because that yep. is so true. And how many years have I been saying five people, five people, five people? Now it's going to be, yeah. I'm going to go by 33% rule. Well, I, I, I love that. I have not heard that. So thank you for sharing it. I mean, I love it because in, in our intro video for the show, be interested in your success and the success of those around you. Well, that's, that's the rule of 33. Interested in your success is the 33 above where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then the success of those around you is those, those at your level and under your level. Yeah. And, and pulling them up. And, uh, yeah. man, I love that. I really, really, really love that. So, so as we approach the top of our hour together, um, we called this I'm episode ready? on week. I know, right? <laughs> like it flew by. Um, but, uh, we called this episode unleashing your authority. And I guess my question to you on, authority is where does somebody find that within themselves and then bring it forward? Yeah. You know, I believe the greatest gift that anybody can give this world is to be themselves and be authentic and notice authentic and authority tend to start with the same things. <laughs> and right. so when you're yourself, people are either going to love you for who you are or they're not. And kind of the cool thing is, is if people love you for who you are, that's, awesome. If people don't love you for who you are, that's awesome. Because think about how much, and I'm only going to speak from my own experience. When I was that world-class people pleaser, how much time, money, energy I spent and expended trying to be someone else so that people who wanted me to be different would like me. The moment I realized what that was, the weight that was putting on my shoulders and I let it go, all of a sudden my life changed. Because with over seven plus billion people on this planet, not everybody's going to like you no matter how much you try. And so now I, when I work on being me, the people who appreciate me for who I am and don't want me to change are the ones that are attracted to my life. And those are the ones that want to become friends, clients, because they're going, I like your style. Instead of me going after a client going, oh, please, please, please. Oh, please, I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you need. And, they, yeah. and you wonder why they look at you like, Get away from me, you freak, right? And yep. so authority means being authentic. And people can have more knowledge and experience than you, but make less money if you do the work. You find a way to make sure that you're following systems that are proven in marketing. Look, you even said it. You had mentors in marketing. So who do you have as a mentor to help you have more success in your life? Or are you trying to figure it out on your own? Again, going mm -hmm. back to that, quit trying to do it on your own. So being that authority means starting with you, being an authority of your own life, finding what you're good at, and then bringing that out even 1% of the time to the world and watch how that positions you. It'll kind of, it, it even today, it surprises me of who's attracted into my life because of my quirkiness, my goofballness, who I am. And I, that I yeah. just love to have a zest for life. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I mean, the reality of showing yourself off from that authentic position is, is really great. Like for me, as an example, one of those things is I'm reaching a point where in life, if I want to go buy a new car or a new toy, I just go do it, you know? And if I have extras, I have extras, whatever. It's what I want, right? Yep. And the reality is my next new thing is not going to be what 
social media would say is the recipe for success, right? The two-door sports car. Um, not at all. Actually, the next thing is going to be a mid-90s uh, F2 or 350 diesel truck. Long bed, super crew cab. Why? Because I love it. I love it. And I'm going to buy a mint one that I can drive as a daily driver. And that's because it just complements everything around my own personal life. You know, I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm working on my weight. But even if I drop 50 pounds, jumping into a McLaren or a Ferrari is still an uncomfortable <laughs> experience for me. It just is. Yep. Right? Absolutely. But, but stepping up into a truck is, is more, it, it, it's just, it's like, it jazzes me up. It's what I want to do. It's what I want yeah, to drive. You, I think you and I have a lot in common. This last weekend, my wife and I, we went to Crownland Camping. We disconnected to reconnect. And when we do the camping, we take our quad with us. We get together with family. We have side-by-sides yep. and quads. Go through the bush, get dirty, get muddy. And we just yep. have a blast get around the fire at night and just enjoy life. And yep. you know, that, that's, that's the lifestyle we want. I, I, I'm like you. I look at these sports cars and maybe one day to rent one and have fun. Okay. But for me, I like my big truck. <laughs> I like having like my Jeep. And I like going camping. I love getting on my quad. I love yep. getting into it by side and just going out and, and enjoying nature. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw in the intro the pictures of my campsite and yep. uh, cigars and bourbon by the fire. So yeah, I mean, we're we're <laughs> definitely on that same page. Yeah. I mean, for me to for me to throw up pictures of a sports car or even a fancy boat, I mean, it's just not it, it's just not contradictory because smart people and realize. Your customers are smarter than a lot of business owners give them credit for. Um, well, absolutely. But they, I will say, though, Jeff, that if it is congruent with who you are, <clears throat> one, of my, one of my mentoring students, he actually has a 54-foot uh, yacht, and he does his mm-hmm. mentoring on his yacht. And I'm like, oh, sure. So that's authentically who you are. Own. That's right. So that's authentically who you are. So utilize it because he yep. loves the blink. So, but that's authentically him. So that works for yep. him. But yeah, going to your point, someone who sits there and maybe they've got a 91 Toyota that is falling apart because that's the only car they can afford, but they're trying to make it look like, because they go to a dealership, take a photo with a Ferrari, say, hey, look at my life. <laughs> that's inauthentic. <laughs> so, so you know some people that have done that too. Um, yeah. Just a and it happens. It's a real yep. thing. It so, is. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, where I was going with the cars and the boat is, and on customers are smarter than we give them credit for is, you know, when you're building your authentic self, and, and that's really sharing. Social media is meant to be social. So share the good, the bad, the ugly, as Robert yes. you touched on and shared. But you know, smart people would say, well, when are you in the boat if you're up at your campsite every weekend? Yep. <laughs> are you driving that sports car to the campsite? Like it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be congruent. That's right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and it wouldn't be. It's just not. Like I have no desire for that stuff. I just don't, even though I, I can, I just, I don't, you know? So yeah, I love, I love how we touched on that. So you've got a lot of things going on in your life uh, of how people can connect to you. Talk about this, this app, this gamification of personal development and habits and, and how people connect to that. Cause I think that's probably the best way for people to, to connect with you. If not, Share how. 
Well, yeah, the easiest way is what you guys have already put up on the screen is, you know, if they, as a gift from you and I, I believe our time is one of our most precious commodities. And I'm in my give back phase of my life right now. So I wrote my book, International Bestseller, Success Left a Clue. I launched it back in 2017. And if people just go to robertriopel.com, they're actually going to be able to download the entire digital version of the book as our gift to them for taking their valuable time and listening to our interview. And so when they do that, there is a caveat though. I didn't write the book for people to put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That doesn't help anybody. (laughs) So, oh good, you got my joke. Thank goodness. I did. Yeah, Uh, I like that one. That's a good one. (laughs) Of the six steps, step number three is take action. By far the biggest difference between successful people and non-successful people take action. So if you download the book, I wrote it as a workbook. There's action steps all the way through. And being the goofball I am, I even say things like, Hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back, do the action, then continue reading. And I'm going to make a guarantee here. If your people go and they download the book, they read it and they do the action steps, their life will change. And you know, the other thing that's going to allow them to stay in contact with me, they're also, when they download the book, what's kind of cool is they're going to be able to actually then book in a live 20 minute with me, no one else with me, personalized success roadmap session where I'm going to, they're going to have to fill out a questionnaire and do um, an assessment in advance so that I can get on 20 minutes and be laser focused with them and help them get through some roadblocks. Where are the detours? Um, I don't sell anything to them. I'm there 20 minutes to just be of sheer value to them. And so if they download the book and book in that time with me, then we're going to take a journey and I'm going to show them how they can go forward. So that's the best way to stay in touch with me. And I'll be able to let them know about um, business empire, which is the name of the app. It's just now soft launch. Oh, it's, it's going to be killer. It's already amazing. We're continually updating, updating, updating. So fantastic. And, and listen, do not dismiss 20 minutes with somebody like Robert, you know, uh, when you, when you prepare intentionally as he has you do, uh, you can do a lot because you're not going to, I guarantee you the call is not going to start out with how's the weather. You know, gas prices suck. <laughs> ain't going to start like that. You're going to come in at 50 miles an hour and take it to 100. Well, in Robert's case, kilometers an hour and take That's it to right. 100. Uh, so. And Jeff, I'm glad you put that out there too about the preparation because I will be very upfront with people. Their time and my time is very valuable. So if I yep. come up to a call and I see that they haven't answered the questionnaire or this one word answers, I will cancel the call because yep. I don't have time to sit there and say, tell me about yourself. I want to be able right. to sit there and go boom, 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 and just give as much value as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Robert, man, this has been a joy. I, I didn't even touch on this, but as a fellow Canadian by birth, oh, nice. this has been a pleasure. I was born in Ontario. So nice. Um, yeah, we have that connection. Um, but man, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed um, our interview. And I will say, you are the first of my pod match guests. And what an ambassador and great stamp on the community there. I think what's being built there is very cool too. So. Oh, love it. I love pod match and all the amazing people like yourself I've been able to meet. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time and, and pouring into the audience as you have. I really enjoyed it. Thanks again for joining me. It's been great. Oh. My pleasure, and thank you for having me in any time. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.